Lessons in Attachment is the podcast where I am talking openly and honestly about some of the key challenges so many of us face in love, dating and relationships, especially when we relate to having an anxious and or avoidant attachment style. I'm Carly Ann, I'm a somatic practitioner with a focus on attachment and self-esteem. Driven by my own journey of doing the inner work on healing the past and becoming more secure, this podcast is where you will find top healing tips, other people's lessons in love, and a community of people just like you and just like me that are determined to break the cycle of insecure attachment. I truly believe that everyone deserves a healthy love in their lifetime. Hello and welcome back to Lessons in Attachment. Today we are looking at the next six difficulties that people that have experienced attachment trauma that is being let down, that's being abandoned, that's being betrayed, like a rupture in a core relationship. People that have experienced this kind of relational trauma experience like an aftermath, experience consequences. Now, in the episode before this one, I shared the first six ways that people can be impacted. So if you haven't listened to that, I definitely recommend you grab your notebook and you go back and listen to that one as well. You can listen to them in either order, but it is really key to hear all 12 of these um, yeah, difficulties that we can have as adults as a consequence of perhaps a difficult childhood a certain experience of loss, a rupture in a key relationship. Attachment trauma can impact us in so many ways. When we feel insecure in our relationships, when we expect to be let down, you know, significant disruptions with our caregiver or with relationships where, you know, we should be able to trust, it can create such issues in adulthood for us and it's not who we are and we can change these cycles if we can see them if we can notice that they're happening and then we can think about well where do I go now and if you don't know already I am Carly Ann I'm a somatic attachment coach I'm also in my last year training in psychotherapy which is super exciting I love that core belief work I love the cognition work as well and I think that with my qualification and somatic work they just go so good together and the reason and I explained this in the the previous episode but the reason I'm talking about this today is because in 2024 I'm actually doing something I haven't done before so in throughout the whole year my goal is to deep dive into 12 modules with you so this will be happening inside the attachment recovery gym which is my online membership each module, so it's each difficulty that I'm talking about across these two episodes, each module will tackle a different issue that adults with insecure attachment com commonly face. So like I say, make sure to go back and listen to the previous episode. And today I'm going to dive into the next six difficulties. Do note down what relates to you. Do note down any kind of key takeaways because that is for you. I believe you're meant to be here. If you have been here before, welcome back. If you're brand new here, hello. It is incredible to have you in this world with me. Sorry that it's under these circumstances, but I am glad that we cross paths because I feel like community is healing. 
So let's look. It's technically the seventh one, the first of this episode, but the seventh difficulty that I am going to be exploring with you. So now we're talking about July in 2024. I know it feels like a long time away, but I wanted to do it over the space of a year because I think a year is so realistic when it comes to attachment healing. It takes years and years to heal, but there is so much that we can change within a year. And also it's really good for our nervous system to say, where do I want to be a year from now? Rather than where do I want to be next week with this? Because next week you're going to really pressure yourself. You're going to beat yourself up if you trip up again. But a year from now, you can make some brilliant change. Anyway, as always, I do love to digress. So the next one we're talking about is emotional dysregulation. Really, really common when someone has experienced um, a complex attachment trauma, the ability to regulate your emotions is something you can really, really struggle with. You personally might notice like being overly emotionally reactive. You might notice that you're quite disconnected. It's really going to depend on the triggers for you and your reaction. Now, a lot of the time, what I'm seeing is really people feeling like you become super distressed, act out of character and feel unable to control your emotions. It can be really difficult, you know, to manage your emotions effectively, especially when you're in relationship. That's when you'll really notice that emotions take over, that younger self really takes over and and kind of drives you and it can feel like you can see yourself. Sometimes you have the awareness, but when it comes to whatever your personal trigger is or someone that you like, it can feel like you can see yourself acting out of character. It might feel extremely physical. Sometimes you might feel like it's a really intense state of panic. And when you can't manage that, it can go almost to a state of depression, which we actually will look at later. When it comes to developing secure attachment, emotion regulation is a huge, huge part of this. You'll be pleased to know it is something that we can learn. My personal experience, I am so much more in control of my emotions, noticing when they enter my body, having the ability to soothe, having the ability to surrender. And that's all things that at one point I thought maybe that's not going to be possible for me. So the intense mood swings, difficulty calming down after a stress, reacting strongly. It's not who you are. And it's a key, key part of you being able to have, you know, relationships because things go wrong in relationships. We get triggered in relationships and we need to be able to have conversation. We need to be able to understand ourselves before reacting, especially if we're in relationship or want to be in relationship with someone that's secure, because they're not going to have like loads of patience for us flipping out all the time. That might seem harsh, but I'm sure that you can kind of understand what I'm talking about. So that's what we'll be looking at in July. We're then going to be moving on and, you know, just sharing with you. The next difficulty that I'll be looking at is coping mechanisms and unhealthy habits. This involves um, numbing behaviors, risky behaviors. You know, we numb our emotional pain. We might use alcohol to escape. We might use food. We might use TV. We might use other people. We might use sex. This might be to escape memories, to escape feelings, to escape our breakup, to escape our loneliness. 
and these habits and, and this can also look like things like how do you um you know entertain not entertain how do you feed your self-worth excessive reassurance seeking people pleasing habits of thinking you know beating yourself up being critical they're also habits and really being able to recognize how is it that I have learned to cope not with self-blame but with understanding and how is it that I would really really like to cope what would work better for me and support healthier relationships with myself and with others and that that kind of um, looking at our habits how do I spend each day talking to myself treating myself treating others showing up it is so key for our longer term goals for me personally when I started to really get in touch with what's my dream what do I want for myself I looked at how I'm spending my daily life what are my daily habits And when I changed them, that not only changed how I would think about myself, think about the world, it really helped things to balance out. But also changing my day to day, it was like a step closer to where I really wanted to be in the long term. You know, we have these long goals. I'm like, right, I'm going to do that. But then our day to day isn't matching that long term goal. It's like, how are we going to get there if what I'm doing today isn't leading me there so that's something we'll be looking at and hopefully a bit of food for thought for you at this moment the next difficulty is you know depression low mood shutdown something that can be really common is these persistent feelings of sadness hopelessness emotional shutdown and the thing is about hopelessness is we can't see a way to move forward and so sometimes we don't move forward This can absolutely be a defense mechanism against further pain. It can be a way that we have learned to cope. We tend, when we're in this state, we actually tend to withdraw from social interactions. We might be trying to avoid rejection. Sometimes what it doesn't do is put us away from the person that we might be having trouble with, the person that might be hurting us, the person that's no good for us. In fact, it might be without them, without their love, without their attention that we're in shutdown. It might be their attention that can be the only thing sometimes it feels like that pulls us out. Now, of course, that's not true. It's not the only thing that can pull us out but we have to be willing to do the inner work so that we can be the person to pull us out. In moments of perceived rejection, if you have insecure attachment wounds, attachment trauma, you really might experience depressive symptoms. You might find that you find it hard to function. You might find that you find it hard to think nice things about yourself and to feel balanced. And, you know, there's really things that we need to do about that because this is our well-being. This is our life. And if we depend on other people and external validation that much that it can put us in this state, we really have to look at ourselves, right? And do that in a work. And and this isn't the easiest thing because we go into these states and it is not through choice. It really isn't. And we have to be patient with ourselves. And there's things that we can do to slowly start to move ourselves out of these states. And I really want you to believe in yourself with understanding, with practices, with self-love. This is something that we can begin to move through. And again, this will be, you know, we see it with the links with the other ones. This will tap into that unworthiness. This will tap into feelings where 
we're not feeling good enough. And it's really key, I believe, that especially if we have had relational traumas and we've been let down, we've been hurt, we deserve a healthy, happy love in our lifetime. We deserve to experience a balanced mood. We deserve to experience that consistent happiness. And yeah, I know it's a shame that we have to teach ourselves that and understand it more, but it's worth it, surely. Next, we will be looking at another fallout is worrying about anything and everything. Chronic worry can be a response to unpredictability that was perhaps experienced in earlier relationships, maybe leading you to anticipate potential threats, things that could go wrong in different areas of your life, especially in relationships. So, you know, you might worry about the stability of your relationship. You might worry about rejection. You might worry about never meeting people to quite an excessive extent. You might worry about what someone is up to. It is very excessive and it usually is about that person that you like about your partner. And we're often creating scenarios in our minds. We can see images and they feel really real, the relationship being at risk, this person leaving. And if we do have that true experience, if we do have something to worry about, we would still need to question, is worrying helping me? Because there is an argument that it's not. There is an argument that it is adding to that idea of us living in our heads. The problem with worry is when it's excessive and it takes over our happiness and we're not living in the moment and we lose so much of ourselves. And trust me, as I will share when it gets to this module inside the attachment recovery gym, you know, there are so many reasons that we might be worrying. There are different models that really look at why do people worry? And most importantly, how can we break that cycle? What is it that we can be doing in our lives to help us to worry less over time, to help us to be able to adopt more of a problem solving kind of mindset, more of a balanced mindset rather than that worst case scenario? Next, and, and now we're kind of getting on to what will be later in the year, next year, the next consequence that you often see when there is insecure attachment, attachment trauma, is a sense of grief and loss. Now I'm going to be looking at grief, grief, grief loss and exes. Now this will be going in a few different directions. Grief and loss can it can look like so many different things. Perhaps for you, it is mourning an ex. Perhaps there is someone um, that you've been unable to let go of. Sometimes we're obsessed about someone else because we haven't actually dealt with a grief or a loss from the past. And I think that's really key. Sometimes we're looking at losses that we had from childhood, earlier relationships, and, you know, we can have difficulty moving on from the past if we are holding on to our losses, holding on to our grief. But through worry, through overthinking, through unhelpful strategies, it is quite often the case that these things don't get dealt with. We experience anger, we experience anxiety, we experience stress, and we're not often dealing with the grief and loss underneath. Now, I'm doing this later 
when we've already looked at other kind of mental health impacts, such as the depression, the worry, when we've looked at our self-esteem. So we're already going to have kind of built ourselves up before we look at these more difficult aspects later in the year. The last difficulty that I will be looking at, because it's going to fall in December next year, it's actually going to be triggers at Christmas, which is an interesting one. It's probably the most specific one that I'm doing, right? triggers at Christmas but holidays can act as triggers for those with attachment wounds it really can old memories can come up past disruptions you know significant events can happen at Christmas in our childhood it might be a time that we you know we almost had this promise that things are going to be be okay maybe it was the one time of year that was magical or maybe we looked around and it seemed like it was magic for everyone else but we felt really lonely Maybe it's a time that there were fights. Maybe it's a time that criticism was higher. It depends on your own experience. Maybe someone wasn't emotionally available. Maybe it's a time that you experienced a loss. But for whatever reason, Christmas can be a time that is magic for us as adults, but also really triggering. Heightened anxiety, difficulties with our boundaries and family dynamics. And you know how it is if we are around family We can suddenly be triggered, go back into that child state, that teenage state. And so that's something we're going to look at as well. Just helping you with that kind of stress, helping you to manage that month. It's a bit like the month we're having inside the attachment recovery gym right now. It's all about coming home to ourselves. We've got like breathwork classes, somatic workshops with a guest expert, meditations just things to like keep us soothed keep us calm and center us that's what we need when things are triggering when it's a difficult time we need to center ourselves so that will be uh, the last one we're looking at so yeah final fallout will be trick is can be for you triggers around christmas and if you're listening to this now when it's released you might even be experiencing this already so guys there we have it There are 12 difficulties that we deal with when we have insecure attachment. I will see you back here very, very soon. Thank you for choosing Lessons in Attachment. It's an absolute honor. Do make sure to follow me on Instagram, carly.an underscore. There's no E in the Anne. I'll see you over there and I will see you back here soon.